This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. Thanks to HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit for supporting Made for This. Go to HelloFresh.com slash MadeForThis10 and use code MadeForThis10 for 10 free meals, including free shipping. So today I'm actually going to be sharing with you the talk that I gave last year at IF 2020. And that feels like a million years ago. In fact, it really was. I mean, this was pre-COVID and pre-quarantine world. And so I hope this encourages you. But the interesting thing is I talked about something we all would need in the coming year. And it was our minds and, and taking power and control that God has given us over our minds. And we want you to gather this year at IF 2021 because we need to be reminded For so many of you, anxiety has gripped your life and you feel like, I just, I can't do it anymore. I mean, even today, I was struggling with that same feeling about something and I just could not, my chest was tight and my mind was spinning and I literally went back to the things I'm going to share with you on this podcast and the things I wrote about in my book, Get Out of Your Head, because I have to go back to what is true and what is real and what does God say. And I have to go back to that moment where I can interrupt the thoughts that I'm having. I don't have to let them spiral. I can bring community into it the way that God says. I can bring truth into it and I can bring the power of the Holy Spirit into it as I pray. So God is on the move and we do not want you to miss it. If 2021 is happening, it is happening soon, March 5th and 6th. So grab your people and do not miss this. I'm telling you, you are going to regret it if you do, because it is going to be one of the most powerful and needed and timely things we've ever done at If Gathering. Let's go. I'm excited to share this with you. Open your Bibles to Romans 8. It won't surprise you. Guess what I'm going to talk about? Set your mind. If you're familiar with the passage in Romans 8, this is a huge theme. It is this idea that you come to this point where it's like, you know what? At the end of the day, we have a choice. We have a choice how we're going to live. So let's read it together. Let's start with Romans 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. To set the mind on the flesh is gonna lead to sin and death. To set the mind on the Spirit is gonna lead to life and peace. It's so simple. And how have I missed it almost all my life? that what we set our minds on, is there a ball? So far, so good. What we set our minds on is going to be what we think about. So I wanna play this out with you and I want you to talk back to me. How many of you, I want you to just raise your hand, every day, all the time, set your mind on the spirit? Okay, good, we got a game to play then. Now, what do you set your mind on? Let's just go. Work. Kids, 
finances. This is going so well. And this is sin and death. Okay. Finances. Job. Now let's just play out job. Okay. Job. How do we set our mind on the flesh? Now what I want to say about the flesh is the flesh is like the world. Now if I want to set my heart on something, it could go any which way. It's our emotions. It's like, I hope that happens. I'm going to set my heart on going to Disney World this year with my kids. I'm going to set my heart on a wish that I have. But you set your mind to something, that's different. That actually happens. We teach our kids that. You set your mind to it, you're going to make that grade. You set your mind, it happens. So you set your mind on the world, the flesh, which is ultimately our base desires, like what we're craving the very most. So now we're going to go a little deeper. See, let's take job, for example. Okay. Job, for example. I want to be good at my job. I want a job. I don't have a job. I don't get paid enough money. Oh, I am good at my job. I'm actually awesome. In fact, I'm so good at my job that it brings me so much joy that I love my job. I found a lot of significance in my job. I lose my job. Okay, what's another one? Relationships. Let's go with that. Okay, marriage. I want to get married. There's no cute boys that are in love with Jesus. (laughs) I met a mediumly cute boy, and he likes Jesus. Thanks. You're doing so good. And he likes Jesus. I married that boy. I don't want to be married. It's way harder than I thought. I'm unhappy. Give me another one. Parenting. I want kids. I don't want kids anymore. Give me another one. Social media, Twitter, they're mean. Instagram, they're pretty. I'm gonna watch Netflix. I'm gonna watch The Bachelor. There's three seasons of it on Netflix right now. I wanna get married again. And here's the thing, that all feels a little bit harmless. Those are thoughts we think every day or they bump up close to thoughts that we do think regularly about. But what Romans 8 says is that actually leads to sin and death. So let's play this out a little bit deeper. How many of you feel lonely right now? Some way, well you're in this room and everybody's cute. I can see you, raise your hands. Yeah. How many of you feel anxious in some way? depressed. We have a problem. And so Romans 8 says, set your mind on the world and everything in it, it's going to lead to sin and death. And while ultimately that's true, especially for the unbeliever, what's also true is that those of us that know Jesus, we have a choice. The next verses are going to go on and say in verse seven and eight, for the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it can't. So I can't turn to life and peace if I don't know Jesus. I am stuck there with the world. 
Whatever it can give me, whatever it can offer me, that's it. I don't have another hope. There's no other storyline. But then if I have Jesus, then there's another storyline. If I set my mind on the spirit, what will happen? It says it's going to lead to life and peace. It's going to lead to life and peace. So let's play out this side, team. Life and peace. Let's describe it. What would or does a free, sold-out Christian who is setting their mind on the spirit, what do they look like? Like, just say the words. Let's go. Hopeful. Joyful. Confident. Free. Peaceful. Settled. Kind. Fearless. Love y'all's answers. Enough. And, and that goal over there doesn't matter as much if we have all this over here. Why don't we have? Y'all, my life is spent ministering to women. Literally diagnosing and ministering to women. So I spend a lot of time trying to figure out what is it that we're missing because in every room I've ever taught in, if I ask those three questions, are you lonely, are you anxious, are you depressed, most of the room, 75% or more raise their hands. And what I just played out for you, that doesn't surprise you. If you grew up in Sunday school, okay, good versus evil, I, can make, I have a choice. I'll choose to think on the spirit. I won't choose to think about the flesh. And all of that, to some degree, you understand. But what I want to propose is there's more happening here. That it's not just as simple as a choice. Like I'm going to go over here. There is an all out attack. <laughs> so I'm trying to shoot. I'm trying to shoot. But it is literally, good job. It is literally, I can't. Like I want to hit that goal. I want, thanks guys. I want to be, I want to be setting my mind over here and hitting it every single time. But for some reason, it feels like most of the church isn't. We have a problem. Because the vision God gave me was disciple a whole generation. It's gonna take all of us. So why aren't we free? Why do we not set our mind on that every single day? Why are our incredible lives built mostly over here, even as a church? Mine too. Let me give you a few statistics real quickly. I've been studying this for about two years now, and I'll tell you this. What I thought was a little bit of a science experiment has turned into, in my life, world war. So let's start with your thoughts. Each of you have 9,000 to 60,000 thoughts in a day. 9,000 to 60,000 thoughts. My husband swears I have 150,000 the only expertise I brought to this in the beginning. <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts. Of those thoughts, science will tell us that over 80% of them are negative. Over 80% are negative. Now are you ready for this? Over 90% are repetitive from the day before. That means we're thinking the same toxic thoughts day after day, month after month, year after year. And the reason I wanted to play this out, it had less to do with me getting to play basketball and more to do with that last little part because there is an enemy and he is winning right now. And I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. 
And I know this firsthand because I walked through a season, and some of you have heard this story. I walked through a season, but it was prefaced with a moment. I was at my hometown. I was preaching in a Baptist church there. I drove to that church with my mom. I preached about about Jesus, and I actually preached Jesus crucified and resurrected, and I, I talked about the day that, that he died and that the demons rejoiced because they thought they had a victory and they didn't know it wasn't gonna end this way. And after I gave that message, I walked outside to sign some books and, and talked to a lot of people and I got cornered by a woman and she was lovely. She looked like she'd be friends with my mom and, and she said to me, quit talking about us. And then she said, we're coming for you. And I was like, ma'am, who are you and what am I talking about? And she said this three or four or five times to me, same words. Every time I said, I don't know what you're talking about, she goes, you know exactly what I'm talking about. At that moment, I went and got a security guard. I said, hey, I was about to walk back up on stage. I said, hey, will you keep an eye on on that woman? She made some threats. I get back up on stage. And at that point, she's just a crazy woman. I never would be telling this story. I would never think about it again. I get up to teach and I hear screaming out in the hall. And a second later, the electricity in a mega church on a perfectly sunny day went out completely. And I'm up there, and I'm not that charismatic, but man, I got charismatic right then. (laughs) And I left that day on fire. Like the devil had overplayed his hand, and this is all real, and I'm not a crazy person, and it's true, and like heaven is coming, and I am evangelizing everybody. Like the waiter with my mom and my sisters, they were there. The waiter at the meal afterwards, I was like, there is a God, and he has bad people against him, and you want to believe in him, repent. You know, I mean, I'm saving everybody. Because I've never been so clear that this was true and happening, and the war that feels so visceral to me all the time that I see in women's eyes, it was like, oh, it's real. So I go home. No, I don't go home. I call my husband that day pretty fast. I tell him the story. And I was like, she said she's coming for us. We should take inventory. Like, let's just look at our lives. We were in a fight. He was like, okay, fight's over. We'll have sex when you get home. (laughs) Okay, check. Finances, you know, let's go through. So we just go through like the different parts of our lives. And, you know, I mean, praise God at that point. When we circle the fences, we're like, you know what? as much as we can in accountability to a small group and the people that were living above reproach. Like, I don't know where he'd take us down today. I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm always one decision away from jail, just so you know. (laughs) The day it happened, y'all can say she told us, you know. But on that day, it was like, you know, I think, Jenny, and we just had people pray for us, just in case, you know, there was something to it. And months go by, and I don't ever think about that really again. But... Looking back, at exactly that time, I began to wake up every single night at 3 a.m. And I began to ask questions that I've never asked in my life. Is this true? Do you really believe this? You're crazy. It goes to black. You know it goes to black. There's no way. I mean, it's not another religion, but it goes to black. And I didn't even think anything about it. Evil never wants you to notice it. 
So what a powerful plan. Get us alone in the dark and tell us whatever the hell he wants. And he did it to me for 18 months. 18 months. I think I'm done playing basketball. Just wanted y'all to get to go. Um, So I want to look at this because I don't want anything about what I'm saying to scare you. I don't want you in the least bit to feel worried about the middle of the night because let me tell you where I am today. I'm gonna keep this short. I'll tell you where I am today. I'm not scared of the dark. I'm not scared of the dark. I'm not scared of the grave. Now a fear of the grave because I feel like I tasted what it feels like to not believe in God. And a fear of death definitely grew in me to the point that I couldn't watch movies about death. I couldn't think about death. I was paralyzed about it. So 18 months of doubt will have an effect on you, but that no longer has power over me at all. And we're going to talk about where that comes from and why that freedom is possible for you because it is possible for you. So there is an enemy. Okay. Y'all believe in me right now about that? C.S. Lewis says, the problem with the church is we either disbelieve there's demons or we make too big a deal about them. We're not doing either of those in this room, okay? There is an enemy. I wanna just use Jesus's words on this one because, you know, he's Jesus. In middle school, my youth pastor said, don't talk about the devil too much. My view is if there's a dark cosmic force, as Ephesians says, coming against me, I think we should talk about it a little. So, John 8, verse 44. You are the father of the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. And then he's going to describe the devil. He was a murderer from the beginning, and he does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Now, let me be really clear. When I went on this season of doubt, my faith was not in jeopardy. My faith is secure not by my knowledge of God. My faith is secure because I am sealed in the Holy Spirit, as Beth talked about last night. I could have not lost my faith. I really believe that. There were times I felt like I was losing my faith, but I couldn't have lost it. So those of you that are wrestling in a season of doubt, let me just give you that lifeline, that that you can't lose your faith if you have trusted in the blood of Jesus. Now make sure you have trusted in the blood of Jesus because there's not another way. But if you've trusted in the blood of Jesus, you cannot lose that. But there is an enemy. And what is, it's so cool, what, I mean, cool, it's insightful, what Jesus says about it. Very clearly. Takes a few verses to do it. He is a He is a liar. See, the reason I wanted to demonstrate this to you, I wanted to show you what we're up against, is because I think, we think, our thoughts are no big deal. I didn't think they were a big deal. I sat in them without saying a word to anyone for 18 months. When people have asked me why I didn't share it, they assume it's shame, and it wasn't shame. I'm pretty vulnerable. Like, I'd tell the whole world. I'd struggled with doubt. It was really bad. I was almost an atheist. <laughs> I'll tell you. That's not it. It wasn't shame. I believe Romans 8.1. It was, I didn't think it was a big deal. How cool of the devil to get us in the dark alone and then tell us what he wants. I mean, what a great plan. 
So get us in isolation. Get us, not ta- no- get us not noticing our thoughts, our own thoughts first, and then get us in a place where we're not worried about them, and then get us in a place where we're not telling anybody about them. It's a problem. So how do we fight it? What is this fight? How are we gonna fight? Because what's so cool is this book gives us really powerful ways to make this choice. He doesn't just say make the choice. Think about me, I'm God, think about me. I'm better, why are you not thinking about me? Think about me. He doesn't do that. He doesn't do that, he says, okay, I'm gonna go about this in such a unique way. I'm gonna put my son right in front of you. You're gonna be sitting over here, shooting over here, and I'm going to disrupt this. In fact, I'm gonna show you in my grace that shooting over here is meaningless. It's chasing the wind, it's gonna feel so empty. And then I'm gonna set Jesus right in front of you. You're gonna think you found him. I'm gonna set him right in front of you. And all of a sudden, you're gonna follow him and you're going to be looking at me. This is not a demanding passage, although it has command language to it. He says, set your mind on the spirit. It is the person of God. It isn't just good things or religious things or, you know, Christian things. It's God himself. You set your mind on him and life and kindness and goodness and general self-control. Those things are going to start growing out of your life. You're not even going to have to force them. You're not gonna have to will them. Life and peace is going to flow up in you and out of you, John says. This is how he works. So let's look at this passage where Paul's gonna tell us how we do it. 2 Corinthians 10, verse four. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. I read a lot of self-help books preparing for this, a lot. And they were good. Some of them are quoted in my book. They're good. But I've still never gotten over the fact that at the end of the day, almost everything they're telling me to think about, it's very clear neuroscience says we can change our brains. Okay, that's clear. That's what the Bible says too. It's very clear we can change. Now, I'm not talking about chemical imbalances. Let me be so clear because the church hasn't always been clear about this. There is... A, a loss in the church of conversations around medicine and counseling and all of this. You guys, there, is physic, there are physical things happening. This isn't just a matter necessarily of your will or of not praying enough. And that needs to be dealt with with medicine or a medical doctor or team of doctors. So, so let me say that clearly so you don't feel alone or isolated or make, make you feel like, gosh, you're just saying I should turn and it's just up to me and I have been stuck in this for years. There are chemical imbalances that need medicine. Just like cancer. Okay, we can't treat it differently. But what I'm talking about needs to be part of that plan. Because we also can make a crutch out of medicine and counseling and never fix our eyes on God. We never heal. So Paul's, Paul writes really clearly, hey, this isn't about a war of the flesh. He says, you're gonna need weapons that are bigger than the weapons that fight fleshly things. So when I read all the self-help books, it was interesting to me because 
they all, their idea was like, basically you would have a good self-esteem. And you'd think about it all the time. You are awesome. Remember that you are awesome. You are empowered. You can do anything. And y'all just saw me play basketball. I can't. Like, that is not true. I can't do anything. And I know I am really not that awesome. That's not unclear to me. I'm not confused on that. Most days. It just fell short to me. And I wonder if it's falling short to y'all. I wonder if it feels like, you know, I'm not... I want a deeper spiritual life. I want to be running harder after God. I want to be more joyful, kind, peaceful, full of joy. I want all those things and I don't know how to get there. And I think we're buying the lie that we can think about something other than Jesus. Hey guys, this is Chloe and I am super excited to tell you about our sponsor for today's episode. You've heard Jenny talk about HelloFresh, but I'm just here to tell you from experience that HelloFresh has totally changed my week. You can get a box right on your doorstep with fresh, pre-measured ingredients that are all in their separate bags. The recipes are things that you would never think to make, but they're delicious, easy to make, and HelloFresh lets you skip all those trips to the grocery store, but all the ingredients are really high quality. Part of what makes meal planning stressful for me is figuring out what to do on what night and making the grocery store trips to get the ingredients. HelloFresh makes it super easy so you can actually enjoy cooking and you can get dinner on the table in like 30 minutes or less. Every week you can pick from like 23 different recipes. So if you have some picky eaters in your house like I do, there were so many different things to choose from and even my five-year-old loved them. If you're anything like me, you're always looking to save some money on your grocery bills, and HelloFresh did that. You actually can save up to 40% instead of shopping at your local store. There's zero waste. All the ingredients are pre-proportioned, so you're not overbuying things. You're not wasting ingredients. A few weeks ago, my son Gray and I, we made these tostadas that were had this fresh lime crema on it, all these different things that I just don't usually cook on a daily basis, and it was a huge hit. So you know we're always looking for things to help you guys out that we truly love and believe in. And HelloFresh is one of those that Jenny and I both have been loving. Go to HelloFresh.com slash MadeForThis10 and use code MadeForThis10 for 10 free meals, including free shipping. And now, back to Jenny. So Paul starts it by saying, and let me just tell you where this is going to end. It's going to end with a very famous verse that says, take every thought captive to obey Christ. But he's going to wrap around that verse all this war language. And he says, for the weapons of warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. To destroy strongholds. How many of you would like a stronghold destroyed in your life? Yes. Well, there are weapons, supposedly, as a church and as believers in Jesus Christ, that are at our grabbing hand to be able to fight and destroy strongholds. What are they? We'll talk about it in a minute. Next verse, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion. He's talking about our minds He's using war language and he's saying, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised up against the knowledge of God. What was happening to me at 3 a.m.? Lofty arguments were being raised up. Y'all, let me tell you about the first time I said it out loud. 
I said it out loud, and my first thought, well, first I started laughing because I thought it was the stupidest thing I'd ever heard. And then the next thing I thought to myself, I think I've been under spiritual attack. 18 months. And it didn't occur to me that these were arguments, lofty opinions being raised up against the knowledge of God. How perfect of the devil who just overplayed his hand and my faith was saving waiters to be able to shut me down. What would he have to do? Give me cancer? I'll preach harder. The only thing he could take from me that would shut me down was my faith. So he goes for it, and I believe it was an assignment. Lofty opinions being raised against the knowledge of God. And one of my pastors in my life is named Tim Keller, and Tim Keller said, he doesn't know it, but he's in my car every day. (laughs) I just said that like we're friends. Tim, someday, like... He, he says that every sin is somehow rooted in something that we don't believe about God. So then I believe that applies to every single thing that we're facing. That in some way, if we really saw God for who he was, if we really lived in the spirit over here, if we really drank that in every day, if we really could get our mind around the goodness and bigness and incredibleness of God, that perhaps we would have more peace. Perhaps we would not be stuck in cycles and cycles of depression and anxiety. And I'm not talking about chemical imbalance. I'm just talking about being cranky. This is the worst. When I wrote this book, my husband read it. And now he says, well, Jenny, you have a choice. Anytime I get cranky. And you know what I say? He knows that he's here. I'm choosing to be cranky. But y'all know we get in these cycles We get in these cycles. What are the weapons that God has given us? Because apparently they're powerful. Apparently they could change everything. Three things. The word of God, the spirit of God, and the people of God. The word of God, what is true? What is true? How many of the things we worry about, get depressed about, struggle with has nothing to do with reality. What is true? The word of God, the spirit of God. We have possibility and capacity beyond anything we can imagine. And you know what I do now in the middle of the night when I wake up? I get up and I'm like, and if I ever start to feel any darkness come over me, In the name of Jesus Christ, you get away from me, Satan. That's what I do. And I pray for missionaries in foreign countries. Because I'm like, if you're going to wake me up, we're going to do some damage for the kingdom. (laughs) Not kidding. I have a name. You can send me yours. You're going to wake me up. We're going to do work. Make you mad. (laughs) And the people of God. The day I said it out loud was the beginning of freedom. I won't say that at that exact moment I was set free, but I'd say I was about 75%. Because something about saying it out loud took it from the dark alone to the light with some fighters. I told a few people, a few of them are in this room, 
Julie Manning was one of the first ones. Ann Voskamp was one of the first ones. Esther Havens was one of the first ones. Becca Self was one of the first ones. I said those things out loud. And I have feisty friends. Because you know what they did? Oh, no, the devil is not coming for you. In fact, not only are we going to pray, we're going to pray and we're going to fast because no way, no how. In case this is demon stuff that doesn't come out with, you know, there's a verse about it. Like, you have to, it has to come out with fasting. They're like, we're doing that. I'm a Christian and all of this is in there. I haven't said anything apart from my story that's, that's not biblical. There's a war and I think it's clear. So they went to war for me. They went to war for me. They went to war for me. And guys, we have to come out of the dark. You're gonna have deep, awesome lunches where you share exactly the things you've been thinking about. Some of you have toddlers. You don't even know what you're thinking about. How are you? I don't know. I'm not in touch. I, I don't know. takes a minute. That's okay. Some of you need to go be alone first and jot down your thoughts. Like we've, you, you can't believe how helpful it has been for me to just journal and process and start to notice my thoughts and write them out. It matters. But let me tell you what the people of God and why I'm going to focus on this the most have done for me. They brought me the word of God and the spirit of God. They've, they've brought the fire. They fought for me. I want to end with a story about my daughter. She is 14 years old. She's in the room. She lets me tell this story. She has dyslexia. And every day at school for kids with learning disabilities is pretty hard. It's brutal, in fact, for her. And she comes home a lot of days. And she falls on the couch face first. And she does this all the time. She'll fall on the couch face first. And on this day... She fell on the face, she fell on her face first couch and she's laying there and she, she turns to her head and she's got tears coming down her face on this day and she says, mom, I just wish I wasn't so dumb. I just wish I wasn't so dumb. Now I'm sitting in the chair across from the couch and I'm her mama. So I get up off my chair, I run over I get in her face and I say, you listen to me. You are not dumb. You are not dumb. You are smarter than all those other kids up there. <laughs> You're brilliant. You work harder than anybody. I know. I, I, what did I do? I give her the craziest sermon I've ever given. Why? Because I'm not going to let her believe lies. I am not going to let her believe lies. And team, I am not going to let you believe lies. There's three fundamental lies. This will help you, because right now what you're gonna do, you got 60,000 thoughts every day? <laughs> How do we even boil it down? And, and in my research, one of my friends that's a, a counselor, she taught me this, she said, so Jenny, there's, there's three lies that, that all of us believe. And I was like, baby, I'm sorry to tell you, I work with women a lot too, and they have more than three. <laughs> she was like, nope. Three. You ready? I am worthless. I am helpless. I am unlovable. And I said, there's no way it's those three. And they said, well, give us something that you're worried about. I was like, my son, he's, he's about to go to college, and 
and he's really cute, and I'm worried he's going to date a girl I don't like, and I'm worried he's, he's going to make bad decisions, and, and I hope he's not here right now, but, but she said, so what, is, what, you, what are you really worried about? I was like, I don't know that he's going to go to prison. Perfectly good kid, by the way. She was like, okay. So you feel helpless. I was like, oh, you're good. <laughs> you're good. I'm worthless. I'm helpless. I'm unlovable. Now, let me tell you the good part. All the self-help books I read, there weren't any answers. Not to those three. Not ones that felt right to my soul. But this book has answers to all three. It has answers to all three. I am helpless. I have the spirit of God for me. He chose me. He has equipped me with every good work that I will do in my short life here. He is building a home for me. You are not that helpless. You have a lot going for you. And he's given us the word of God that is sharper than a two-edged sword that seems to produce joy in people that are suffering. It's miraculous. So I'm not helpless. And I know I'm not worthless. Ephesians 1 says that I have been adopted as a child of God. So does Romans 8. I am a child of God. I am not worth nothing. And I am not unlovable. Because no matter what relationship fails me on this earth, if my son goes to prison, guess what? We'll be doing prison ministry. <laughs> this has the answer. It doesn't matter how bad your circumstances are. It doesn't matter how bad the enemy has tried to oppress you. He's bigger, he's better, he's stronger, and he loves us more than we could possibly imagine. It's the story of God. It fixes everything. Not immediate, but forever. So we're going to go be brave, team. We're going to fight better. We're not going to let the enemy take us down in the dark anymore. So when you go, I'm going to pray for you before you do. But when you go, I want you, I want you, I want you to be honest and brave. I want you to say the thing that you're scared to say for whatever reason you're scared to say it. I don't care if like me, you have to say, I don't even know if this is a big deal. Say it before 18 months go by. Say it. Say the lust. Say the scary thing. The last 2%, I call it. Y'all probably heard this. me say this before. My church says this. The last 2%, the thing that you don't want to put down because the power is in the thing you don't want to say out loud. He has you with that. So you put it down. You say, I'm not going to let you have power over me in this anymore because guess what? Romans 8, 1, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So we're going to say it out loud. And God, would you help us be braver? God, you're fighting for us. I've, oh my gosh, I felt that. I felt fought for. I've, I've felt you fighting for women through me. I have, I know, I know, I know that you love us more than we can imagine and you want us to be more free and I, I don't know if there's just this wrestling and this stirring and this greater movement of you happening because maybe you're coming back soon I don't know but I do know that in light of eternity you're coming back soon and this is our short moment here 
And for every lie the enemy has told us and whispered to us and planted and made us believe is true, would you destroy it? Would you destroy it and let us be those that, that yes, on a given day choose better, but ultimately let us be those that fight for each other. I don't think this goes down without your team working together because it's just, it's the way you made it. We need each other. Maybe that's the magic of this thing is there's a lot of us that love you and we're willing to fight for each other. Help us do it better. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for being part of this community, guys. I'm so grateful for you. I'm so grateful for you. If 2021 is coming and you're not gonna wanna miss it, please, please go sign up today. It is March 5th and 6th and tell your friends, have them join you in some form or fashion, whether that's virtually or in your backyard or in your living room. We are so grateful for you. We are praying for you out there and I am so hopeful that this is going to encourage you, lift your head and remind you that we are going to be okay. and We've got a job to do. So again, March 5th and 6th, go get your ticket at if2021.com.